Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 70, week 70, volume 70, number fucking 70. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Bruce from Living Sacrifice, and that will be coming up later in the show. No real feedback or questions to start off the show this week, but i got to say guys, don't forget... Follow us and like us on all the social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are at The Mosh Zone. If you're on our Facebook page, don't forget to join The Mosh Zone community. It's a nice group where we all get involved and talk about music, talk about the podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, don't forget, give us a rating and a review. If you're on Spotify, don't forget to follow the podcast, but also don't forget to follow our playlists. Those are the Mosh Zone Guest List and the Mosh Zone Cranked. Get involved, guys. Spread the word. Spread the episodes. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. So let's get into the part of the show that we're all tuned in for, and that is this week's Mosh interview. This week, I got to sit down and chat with Bruce from Living Sacrifice. Great chat, great insight into all about the man, the band, and everything in between. Thank you so, so much, Bruce, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. That chat with Bruce is coming up now. Um, so I always start off with kind of a question which, it doesn't have to be a heavy band, but do you remember an artist or a musician who opened your ears and your eyes to music being a thing? Um, yeah, you know, um, you know, probably when I was, uh, younger, um, uh, you know, some of the first, uh, first, uh, you know, uh, song musician that I got into was probably, uh, Rick Springfield, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, just, I mean, I, I was probably maybe 10 or, or younger or something like that. So was music something that was around your household growing up? Was music played a lot? Was there any musicians in the house? No, not really. Uh, my folks weren't very uh, musical, um, but, uh, um, you know, I, I just found it early on. Well, I take that back. I guess I guess um, my brother played a lot of, like, classic metal and rock and stuff like that that and then my sister had some albums and they were quite a bit older than me my brother's seven years older Hmm. my sister's 12 years older but um but yeah they uh they probably introduced me to my first you know uh actual rock which was like you know let uh led zeppelin aerosmith uh van halen um yeah and what about it drew you in? Was it the fact that it was a bit cool because your brother and sister were listening to it? Or was there an energy or something that brought you in and you're like, actually, I think this is something I want to discover a bit? Yeah, no, it was just it, it was just the music. And, you know, as soon as I heard, you know, stuff with, with heavy guitars, I mean, that's, that's what I gravitated towards or, you know, distorted guitars, rather. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It, it, I, I, I can't remember them having much influence on it as well, other than the fact that they were playing it or that they had the, the, the music. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, 
I got into it way more than they did. I mean, they, you know, they, they're, 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 they, they became somewhat, you know, passive uh, music listeners, you know, top 40, whatever's on the radio, you know, nothing, you know, nothing too crazy. I don't even think they went and went to many concerts Ooh. themselves, but <laughs> as soon as I was old enough, I was going to going to concerts all the time, you know? So when, when did you decide that, you know, you wanted to play an instrument and why the guitar of all things did you decide to pick up? Why not drums or bass or? Um, man, I mean, I was just always attracted to the guitar um, and probably mainly because of Van Halen, and Eddie Van Halen. And, uh, you know, and, you know, starting from probably the time I was 12 or, or, or 10, you know, even even younger than that, because uh, uh, I remember being 12 and wanting so bad to go to see Van Halen play, uh, but but I couldn't go. It, it, my parents wouldn't let me because, you know, it was uh, not necessarily chaperoned and it was, it was you know, uh, a, a, a rock concert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I, I, I missed out on that one. But later on that year, I was a, I was able to go see Judas Priest um, for my first concert, and um, uh, the reason I got got I was able to finagle that is because my 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 best friend's mom uh, took us, and so I was we were technically chaperoned, um, <laughs> you know, to uh, to the show by an adult. Um, the other the the, the other times uh, um, was was just other you know other teenagers driving or going and so they weren't they weren't too keen on me uh go, you know going to a, a show with a 16 year old 17 year old no it's a bit know, it's a bit uh, just a, a slightly a slightly older kid um, yeah it, it for for a parent having their kid go out into that world is obviously a bit of a nerve-wracking experience um Oh what, sure, yeah, yeah. What was it like? What was your family's reaction to not only you wanting to play guitar, but the kind of music you're into? Because was your household a very Christian household? Like, was faith very prominent in your house growing up? Um, no, um, actually, not not really. Um, they, um, you know, they they they, they were older uh, parents. Um. My dad was 50 when I was born, so by the time I was really getting into all this, he was already in his, you know, in his 60s, and and uh, you know, he just came from like an er, a, a, a different generation, mm. you know, uh, or or several different generations, I guess, you know, his his generation was World War II, pretty much, and um, you know, I mean, he, he's technically old enough to be like, easily to be my grandfather, but he was my dad, and so. Um, they just didn't understand it, you know. They didn't understand the music part of it, um, it, with it being, you know, such heavy, heavy rock. Because as soon as I got into um, music in general, like, like passionately, it was, you know, it was bands like Van Halen uh, and uh, uh, Motley Crue and, and 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 Iron Maiden and everything, you know. So they just didn't get it, you know, from a, from a generational standpoint. Um, my dad wasn't religious at all. My mother wasn't, uh, I wasn't raised that way at all. So, mm. yeah. Um, so when, when in your, you know, teenage years, did you think you wanted to give music a go? It's obviously was a passion and it was something that you, you were driven towards, but in in your high school years, was music the thing that you were driving forward to, or was there another career that you were 
considering to maybe go into instead of music? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I definitely wasn't driven towards any kind of career at all. I mean, I just loved music and wanted to play it. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, music was, uh, you know, learning to play guitar and, and starting a band with my friends. And uh, that was, I mean, that was pretty important to me. But I, even then, I don't think I viewed it as a career. I just viewed it. I don't think I was even that smart, you know. I, I just viewed it as this is awesome. This is what I would love, you know. This is what I want to do, regardless of it being a career or not. And I think the career thing was always like, well, you got to go to college mm. um, as well, and, which I did. I ended up going to college at the same time as 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 doing the band, you know. So, um, you know, we just kind of juggled it, you know. And when did you, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but living sacrifice throughout your career have been tagged a Christian death metal, thrash metal, groove metal, whatever you want to call it, band. So when, sure. did, yeah. when did you discover your faith and when did you want to incorporate it in your music? Because at the time, before you guys kind of burst onto the scene in, you know, late 80s, early 90s, the only thing really going around was striper really right right yeah yeah um well it, i mean honestly i mean it kind of coincided at the same kind of at similar time of of me uh you know of, of of us at you know thinking we could do the do the band you know i was probably 16 17 um you know uh uh starting to uh to uh, get involved in you know a, a really uh, very, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, I guess what you'd call maybe fun, you know, fundamentalist type church, you know, very Bible, you know, uh, super strict, you know, church. And so, but at the same time we were like super into metal and into all kinds of metal, um, even and Striper being one of them, uh, we were fans of that band. Um, so, so it kind of, kind of, it, 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 it sort of coincided together and that's how we, you know, how we started the band. I mean, the name comes from, you know, a, a verse in the Bible and, uh, we, we felt, you know, we, we were thinking at that time, oh, well, this will be our thing, you know, uh, Christian thrash or whatever. Mm. And, and so it was, it was, it was, a. Uh, it, it was just it was just something that happened kind of together uh, during that that time in our life. Well, it was something it was something unique also for that time. You know that that style. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people would have questioned and thought, "Ah, oh, this style can't be, you know, a faith band." I mean, everything around that time was very much about a certain imagery and certain yeah. things portrayed yeah. in the artwork. Um, Sure. Was that something you yeah, wanted to? Yeah, that that yeah, and we that's that's I mean that we loved that aspect of it all the more because we were, you know, we were doing something new and something that you know we thought not that it hadn't been done, but that you know there there weren't that many people doing it, and and we felt like there was a very you know a strong need for it, um, just because of. You know, I mean, we love we loved metal, and, and all of us grew up on metal. Um, everybody, you know, in the band, and uh, 
we just all kind of gravitated towards towards that. But you know, uh, with this uh, with this newfound faith in 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 in, in uh, our lives, you know, we were like, ah, you know, everything's everything is uh, <clears throat> you know uh, supposed to be evil, but that's just like you know don't you know kind of cliche and hmm. doesn't have to be that way or whatever so um so yeah so that's you know how we approached it for sure and and we liked that we were outsiders um you know uh much you know later on i guess you know it, it really it really kind of drug us down <laughs> as far as having opportunities and breaking out of it but um you know at the time we we really embraced the outsider uh uh, aspect of it, you know, on both sides, you know, whether it was, you know, traditional metal or, or other, other, you know, Christian people. Yeah. So what was the, what was the reaction from core Christian people? Were you, were you getting questioned a lot? Were you being asked a lot? Is this real? Are you really Christian? Was, were you getting a lot of kind of um, brick walls, in your, you know, kind of start off from that, the faith based Well, um, sort of, but, but we just, I mean, I really, the attitude was more like, well, you're Christians, uh, so you shouldn't be playing this. This isn't, or no. you shouldn't be doing this style of music. They, it wasn't like, they weren't really questioning us as people. They mm. were more qu- questioning, uh, you know, whether we should be involved in this scene at all. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we'd never, we always rejected that. We were like, well, of course we are. I mean, this is what we love, you know, and music is music, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, and, and then, and then pretty early on, I mean, we just started, we would, when we played shows, I mean, we play, we just played, you know, we, we, we had no problem, you know, attracting fans and getting fans to shows and to the clubs and, you know, I would say a majority of them were not necessarily Christian, so it just didn't bother us. You know, I mean that that was, you know, the pushback on that end came more from the industry mm. uh, separating us out, you know, from the regular metal community in the sense that, you know, uh, we weren't necess- we weren't like accepted, you know, to go out on tour with other, you know, secular bands or, or what what have you at the time. So I mean, obviously, people are turning out to shows because by the sounds of things because you started off in 89 and then there was three albums with you just on guitar and during that time is does it feel like you're really struggling to you know you said you don't mind being the underdogs but is it are you feeling like you're struggling to just even make an impact because it sounds like the the cards are always against you at the start from metal community probably yeah yeah but we didn't know that at first i mean we didn't know it was it was going to be like that we were just kind of doing i mean we were i was i mean you know the the band started when i was 17 and a year later we got signed and started working on a record so um you know it was just we were all very young um so um uh, uh you know i think i think our encouragement came from our local scene which was in arkansas uh, we got a lot of support there and the shows were, you know, fairly, fairly successful early on, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, by the time we were going in to record our fourth record, uh, we uh, are sorry, our, our, our third record uh, before I, I started singing, um, 
we felt like, you know, we were, you know, we were definitely not being uh, taken seriously uh, by, you know, the, the, you know, metal community. By that, by that point, we had already, we'd done some tours with Malevolent, uh, a tour with Malevolent Creation and, you know, uh, lots of secular, you know, bigger uh, festivals and stuff like that. So, so, which is where we felt more comfortable. We wanted to be there. Uh, that's, you know, there was no, you know, we weren't, we were never trying to be apart from that scene. Mm. And so by that time, by the time we, we were going to create the, the third record, you know, we, we, we definitely were much older and had more experience and, and, and at, had realized that we had, uh, we'd kind of, you know, uh, put ourselves into a box. Yeah. And that, that would have been a box that would have been really hard to get out of. And then I think an interesting thing that, you know, reborn your fourth album, that's when the kind of attention probably started to lift a bit that, you were getting a bit more credibility and it's strange to say that word because really you should have had credibility from the off go, but it feels like a bit more non-faith people were maybe taking you a bit seriously. Um, and one of those moves was probably in chance, the record label and also the style you guys started to bring in very much more groove, uh, rhythmic feelings in the sound. Was that album pretty pivotal, for the band at the time yeah um i mean definitely and i mean what i would attribute that to is is uh for one a correction the the record label was was solid state ah that's it yeah sorry and no worries um and um and yeah at at that point um they actually had had a a, more of a a straightforward a better distribution through caroline Mm mm-hmm and so we, our records were actually being placed where they needed to, and 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 more more record stores uh, uh, and everything. Um, so we had we had a better exposure. Um, the marketing and advertising was much smarter, as far as as they were concerned. It was just a much better. The the label had a much better vision of how to how to how to put you know, a band like Living Sacrifice out there. And then, you know, I mean, uh, I think, I think musically we, you know, we just, we made a, a really, uh, a really strong shift to, uh, to not try to be the fastest and the most technical band around. And then, you know, my voice uh, was more in the vein of, of, of hardcore bands that were out there than, than say death metal. And so it kind of opened us up to this whole hardcore audience that also that didn't really care or have it didn't have the same um, aversion to our you know faith that uh, you know or a uh, or or a uh, you know I guess uh, didn't have the same aversion against you know what you know taking a stand about you know for something I mean hmm. hardcore was all about taking a stand whereas yeah. metal was you know traditional you know metal was was just about being anti and dark and you know and 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 i guess all of that i don't know i mean i mean that's that's a broad statement but 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 the 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 two communities were 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 very different in that sense and so i think that's part of what broadened uh our audience um uh was 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 those those two things uh the the shift in the music and uh 
uh, our ability to, to go out and play, you know, uh, with, with, uh, other, other bands that weren't necessarily metal. And then, you know, the record label just being smarter. And so. that album, that album nowadays is quite considered a classic in, um, many different ways, not only in the style, because I think really some people say it was one of the very early metal core albums, which is quite a thing to think that you guys and a couple of other bands like Vision of Disorder were one of those bands that were kind of really changing things up. But also that album's considered quite a classic for a lot of the bands that came through in the early 2000s and onwards that were all very faith-based bands. A lot of them harked back to that album being their album that inspired them to get into a band. That's got to be quite a bit of a, a trip for you guys looking back on it, that it's had that much of an imprint on some other people going forward. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hear, I hear that every now and then from, from people. Um, but you know, it's not something I, I, I think about obviously in my daily life or Mm. or anything like that, but every now and then I run into some, some awesome folks that will, will cite that album as, as, you know, uh, making an impact, you know, on them musically and, uh, and 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 elsewhere and you know otherwise uh, uh and that's yeah that's awesome it's very cool i'm 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 super i mean i'm super humbled by that um and i i i still really really appreciate you know that record you know when i hear it when i go back and listen to it so you know that's great what was it like for you also to go from being you know, on the left side or right of stage, just with your guitar to suddenly be up the front. Was it some, was it a transition that was easy for you to come to, or was it something that over time you accepted and got used to? Cause it's quite a difference from just being one of the band members to being the focal point up the front. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was surprisingly easy. Um, I, I never would have thought that, um, kind of going into it and uh it was never a thing that um that that i even really can that or i or myself or we considered until until dj left the band and we you know we had to uh we had to uh figure that out so um yeah it was honestly it was it was surprisingly uh pretty natural and uh yeah and then, then you guys rolled on to you had the hammering process in two thousand, and then conceived in fire in two thousand and two, and it looked like you guys were building and building, and then kind of like it felt like out of nowhere, you guys cancelled the tour and then kind of disbanded. Um, yeah, yeah. What was going on at the time? Was it just things weren't quite going the way? I've heard rumours that and read articles at the time that you were supposed to be the only one leaving, but the whole band stopped. Can you go into any details about what was going on in the band's lives at that time and why it was time to put a halt to everything? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, probably, you know, in, you know, in 2002, I had, uh, you know, uh, I had, uh, had, I had two small children, Mm -hmm. um, uh, that, uh, uh, myself and my wife, uh, ex-wife now, but uh, wife at the time had two small children and, um, 
it uh it was just you know kind of i was late 20s about to be you know well i was i was i was probably 30 at that point um you know i i uh you know i was mainly you know kind of i probably just feeling pressure of of being needing to you know be at home just uh work for yeah be at home provide mm. uh, you know the level we were at the the only way for us to make uh uh, a living was to stay out on the road. And if, if I'd have done that, I mean, I, I just would not have seen my kids. And so, so I, I didn't see a way for us to just for, for whatever reason at the time, I, 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 I wasn't able to see a way to just do the band part time. I felt like, well, I just need to stop. And so I told the guys that, and they were like, yeah, okay, that's understand. Um, and, uh, and some of them felt that way too. I mean, we were all going through different things, you know. Um, but um, but then, you know, Lance kind of came back to me, uh, the, our drummer, uh, and and said that he he wanted to keep he wanted to keep the band going, um, and uh, and just uh, have have you know replace me and and, and just move forward uh, hmm. that way, which I. I, you know, I was, I was supported. I was fine with, I understand. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to tell him that he had to give up this thing that, that we, uh, we had built over 12, 13 years just because I felt like I needed to stop. So, um, that, that was the plan. That's what he, he was, he was planning on doing. Um, and he, he, uh, had uh, recruited a uh, Corey, uh, Putman mm-hmm. or Corey Brandon, who's, you know, currently the singer for Norma Jean to, to sing and uh um uh brian gray to to also step in and play guitar because at that point rocky gray was uh playing drums with evanescence um so so rocky had left because we were you know kind of calling it i was calling it quits we were calling it quits but but then lance you know changed his mind um we did a tour uh kind of it was basically my to be my final tour and then that summer of 2003 and then the band was going to continue on without me um with some west coast shows dates and um uh you know some things just came up on that final tour that uh uh, that that uh were uh i guess um kind of just shed light on you know some some other some other aspects uh, of the band that just needed working on. Mm. Um, I believe, uh, you know, uh, Arthur's, uh, Arthur was, uh, first wife at the time, uh, left him. Mm. Uh, uh, and, uh, he, you know, he, he was having to deal with that. And so, you know, Lance was faced with having to replace yet another guy. And, uh, I think that, um, I think that all of it was just like, uh, this is, this is not really as, uh, going, you know, like I, I planned, and so he then made the decision that he was going to go ahead and not continue on. So to kind of, yeah, it, it it's basically kind of, stop. It's kind of one of those things. I think some people need to. I think some people forget that you know, being in a band, sometimes you have to put life on hold, and if you've got things like kids coming, um, and you want to be a pivotal part of their life, sometimes things like that have to be put on hold. And especially, like you said, if you, strangely enough, to be a massive band, a lot of it is being on the grind. You have to tour, you know, 320 days of the year and just have to keep going and going. 
was when you guys reappeared, was a lot of that through, because I remember seeing you suddenly appear on a Demon Hunter song, um, 16, and it felt like Demon Hunter were becoming a big band and then you appeared on 16 on their album, I think that was Storm the Gates of Hell. Um, was it was it a choice to, okay, maybe we can give this a bit more of a momentum or was it just people asking for you guys back? What made you decide after like five, six years that, all right, let's do this again. Let's give this another go. Yeah, well, it, it was a lot of things, honestly. Um, uh, appearing on the Demon Hunter record was just more, was actually a, more of a coincidence. Um, not a coincidence, but but I wouldn't say that it necessarily led to the band reforming, although... Uh, the uh our the manage the the guy that was managing demon hunter at the time or still is actually uh ryan downey had, had and he also managed zayo for for a time period as well as bleeding through and some other bands you know he, he he had offered his services he said hey if you ever do want to want to you know you know uh, get this going again you know I, I would love to help and be involved which uh for me was like i was always like or at least for the last part of the band i had a lot of the burden as far as like the business side of things Hmm. booking the band uh making sure that we had you know the tour set up getting paid uh things like that and 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 that was that was part of the part of the reason that i was burning kind of getting burned out and also felt like I couldn't really keep this this thing going for everybody else, not just me and my family, but like four other guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so um, uh, yeah, having having somebody like him offer to uh, take on that role of management, getting us a booking agent, and all of that sounded really really great. The other thing that happened is that Rocky had left Evanescence, and he was free. He was open to uh, to do it again. And I didn't want to do it necessarily without, without him and Lance, hmm. and um, uh, you know, and then and then Arthur as well. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was just those things happening, kind of coming together, um, in a sense, uh, to uh, to allow us to to you know to start working on music again and go out and do a tour. And I was in a position; I'd started my own merchandise company, so I had some leeway. And some latitude to uh, to uh, work uh, that and and take that time uh, for the band, um, and uh, uh, yeah, that that that's that's really how it all came about. And then you guys release the Infinite Order, which from an outsider it looked like it really exploded. Um, at that time, the Faith Metalcore was a big thing. Faith Hardcore was a big thing. There was a lot of bands going around, and that album felt like it was really well pushed. But for you guys doing that album, was there any nervousness of coming back with a new album eight years after your last album? Were you a bit worried that, um, is anyone going to care? Is this is this going to be worth the time and effort to come back and do another album? Because... For me, I would probably personally be a bit worried. The anticipation and expectation of 
putting out a new piece of music so long after the last one. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there, there was all those things, but we weren't putting ourselves in a position to where that was going to be our career. You know, we, mm. we were all very um, conscious of the, the, the idea that we would be doing this on our own terms as, as we were able to, instead of like, okay, now this is our job uh, to do this. It was, uh, it was a lot easier. There was a lot less pressure Mm. with uh with being able to do it as something that we wanted to do as opposed to something that we had to do to make money so yeah so i mean i mean of course you know to your question we wanted to uh we wanted people to uh to uh care embrace the album and Mm. and care yeah yeah of course i mean anyone that says i don't care if anybody likes it is lying to themselves i think or other people it's like we want to we wanted to make a a, a, an amazing album that everybody thought was our best work ever you know so yeah (laughs) and and how how was it how was the reception for you guys because i i felt like it it exploded like you know yeah um i i don't know that i would say exploded i mean it was just such a different time and everything things had changed so much since we had stopped i mean since since we had had stopped playing in 2003, you know, iTunes was a thing and mm. YouTube had become a thing and, and, uh, you know, CD physical CD sales were just not the same record stores were closing and, uh, you know, Best Buy and, you know, the only place to get a CD even in 2008 was maybe Best Buy or Walmart and they were shrinking their, their, uh, their record you know, their CD, uh, offerings, yeah. you know, uh, as well. And, and, and I don't know that Amazon was even as big as it is now. I mean, you know, if you put out physical product now, you're essentially putting it out on Amazon, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, or for, for a band our size, at least, um, and, uh, or direct from the artist, you know, go, you know, crowdfunded go, you know, crowdfunded, uh, releases, you know, uh, things like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, it was received well. It did well. People seemed to like it. We ended up playing, you know, maybe sixty plus shows just that year. Um, you know, um, uh, but <laughs> but what ended up happening uh, was we had to kind of like we had to uh, flip some things around because even though even though uh, you know Rocky was on board and, and a part of it, he he also uh started playing with uh the offshoot of evanescence which was called uh we are the fallen Uh, and so he had he had a whole load of commitments to them that that year 2010 and um yeah he just he he ended up not being able to play you know most of the tour dates um for that for 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 that that release um, but he, but he, he got, he got a few in, um, towards the end of the year. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that, it kind of, it worked out. And then, and then after that, uh, you know, um, Lance's job situation changed. So, you know, things got after 2010, things got a little, a little more difficult to, uh, to go out and play shows, but we, we, we've tried to try to, to do it as much as, uh, as much as, um, everybody can. Um, you know, just here and there and, you know, doing special things and hopefully, you know, having people, people still remember us. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I think, I think people still do. I mean, there was another in between then and now you, you also had Ghost Thief, but 
Um, yeah. That was that's six years ago now, and I do notice you pop yeah, up on Yeah, it's crazy a, to think of. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time, really. And yeah, I see yeah. you pop up on shows, you know, Zayo and other ones here and there. So where where's the band at now with with your life? Is it something that when the time can be made, you might give it a go or... Is it on the back burner for a while? Is there new music maybe in the works? What, what's what's happening with Living Sacrifice in 2019? Yeah, um, well, we um, <clears throat> we uh, we would love to, to to put out new music. You know, um, we have every intention of of working on new music and and, and making it happen. Um, but it's uh, you know, it's 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 hard to pull off sometimes, and and mm. so. So yeah, in that sense, that the band has probably definitely uh, been on the back burner. I mean, otherwise we would have had a you know a new album or or new new music uh, already released, you know, um, last year or the year before. It's uh it's just a situation where it's like you know everybody's doing their own thing and got their own lives going on and and doing things in music, doing things otherwise. So it just hasn't been, um, we haven't been able to focus on it, uh, as much. Uh, we would love to, um, we do, uh, we are plan hopefully, uh, planning on, on, um, uh, 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 one of the things we're looking to do this year, uh, before the year's out, probably towards the end of the year is, is reissuing. Ooh. Um, all of the, uh, the first albums, which are technically not available on, you know, the streaming services or, or, or iTunes. So that'd be the self-titled non-existent and inhabit. And, um, um, we're just working on, uh, putting together some limited packages for that. And, uh, and, and, you know, there might be a new song, uh, here or there, uh, as well that we can get out, but I'm sure that will come out digitally. So no, no, no new plans for like a, like a new, new album per se, but we're also rethinking things in the sense that, that we're not technically signed to a label. So it's not like we have to put out music as, uh, you know, 10, 10 to 12 songs at a time. We could put out two to three songs at a time if we wanted to, and then, mm. you know, continue to, 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 to write in that manner, um, you know, kind of a, more of a steady stream of music. And then, you know, uh, possibly take take that uh take those songs and 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 collect them and put them on like say a limited vinyl release you know uh once once we have enough uh enough material so you know there's there's lots of ideas and lots of lots of things we could do and 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 i would say you know i mean in this day and age it's 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 easier than ever to put something out and to to create the problem is is we're all we're all much older and uh, we, we have like the, uh, the old, the old guy responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, so. but that's, that's just natural. Everyone grows up and responsibilities yeah. happen, but it's got to be interesting for you now. Like, like you mentioned there, you're not signed and the landscape of everything's changed so much that the power is in your hands. And mm-hmm. nowadays bands don't need to release an album. They can just, release one song a year or maybe two songs every couple of years and it's enough to keep the fans appetite wet um and make them excited um but then the downside of it is you know sales of cds and vinyl like you mentioned are pretty much gone um 
Yeah. For someone who's been in the industry or seen the industry go through many changes, do you think we're in a in an exciting time in the music industry or do you think we're still trying to figure things out or do you think it's a great time for the industry? Um honestly, I mean, I think it's a great time. I mean, if I were if I were younger and didn't have these type of responsibilities, I mean, I would love, you know, to be able to put things out, you know, uh, at, at, at will, you know, and to, to have that type of control, you know, um, and ability to make great sounding recordings, uh, you know, the way that, that, that people are able to do that now. Um, I think it's, I think it's a great time uh, on the flip side, you know, I think there's a, there, it, it puts out, you know, the, the bar is raised as far as, as, as far as, um, you know, production and the sound of, of how things are, but, but those same, those, those same things, the same bands that are able to sound good all start end up sound kind of sounding similar or the same. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, a bunch of kids in the late eighties or early nineties going into some random studio in Iowa and working with a producer and an engineer on two inch tape with whatever their configuration is in that studio, that very much plays into the sound of that album, you know, the ability and the talent of the producer and the engineer and the quality of the equipment they have. Um, to give an album its specific sound. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very different than now where there's 20 metal bands or metalcore bands or more that are all using the exact same plugins, the exact same drum sounds, uh, EQs, what have you. And it's all being chopped up and, you know, put on, onto, to pro tools. So it's all perfect sounding, you know, and it's, you know, it becomes a little bit, a little bit stale in that, that, that sense. But that's, you know, that's, that's my opinion. But I think, I think, I think when, you know, the good and the bad, the good is that the ability's there. And if you are talented enough, you can use those same tools to make something sound unique as opposed to sounding like everything else. Whereas when we started out, going into, in, into to studios, recording on, you know, analog tape, you had no choice but to sound unique because that's, you, you, you could only sound like, you know, the, the tools you were, you had access to and every studio, you know, you know, back in the eighties, you know, every studio was different. Every studio had its sound. Every engineer producer, uh, was, you know, had a different set of ears, so mm. to say, so to speak. You know, I mean, it was it was it was it was a benefit in, in, in those early albums and also a bit of a detriment, you know, in the sense that, you know, uh, not all of our albums came out. Those early albums came out sounding all that great. Um, some of them sounded good. Some of them d didn't sound good. And we were very young and green. And we did not know how to get those type of, you know, the type of production that we wanted, you know, at, at that time. Well, I think that's part of that's part of the learning curve, anyway, isn't it? I mean, you you sure you yeah. have to you have to learn from 
mistakes along the way and it's in every aspect of life really you got to make those mistakes to learn and, and grow and become better and you mentioned production and quite an interesting thing was which i didn't realize was you you've done you did a bit of production work yourself you know you helped to the showdown um embodiment zeo um is that something that you've always that you always had the ability to, or is it something that over the years you learned by observing and just giving it a go? Um, definitely by observing, but but also um, more in the sense of uh, you know I felt like those particular projects that I worked on I, I had something to offer um, and to like I had a, a, an outside opinion to guide you know. Uh, the band or the song, you know, in a certain way. And, you know, because I, I was not an engineer. Um, uh, I was, I was like, you know, the, uh, the guy that, you know, just the guy that had some, some recording experience and could, you know, basically <clears throat> kind of point these guys in, in the, in the direction of, of, uh, you know, let's try, you know, let's try this, you know, I mean, uh, you, you know, like I said back then, you know, you're also limited by equipment because a lot of times these studios we would enter into, um, they didn't have gear, uh, necessarily that you could, you know, they weren't, they weren't massive professional studios with loads of gear. Mm. They were, they were, um, you know, they were, uh, um, studios where you brought your own gear and you had your own sound. So, so yeah, I mean, a lot of times, uh, for, for those particular projects, um, uh, for, uh, I, I got started, you know, basically with the band Esoteris, um, oh, yeah. because yeah. they were friends of ours and they had opened for us and played some shows with us. And, um, uh, I felt they, they, they gave us a demo of, 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 of some of their songs. And I felt like, wow, these are, these could be really, these are really killer songs. Um, they just need some, you know, some work as far as like the sound and, I mean, I didn't change any of the songs at all whatsoever. It was more of, hey, you should come and record with this guy. And, uh, you know, I'll be there to help produce. Um, the, the other thing that kind of gave me the opportunity in that sense was we um, we had found Barry Pointer, who, who, who did uh, the Reborn album. And uh, he, 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 he had a great ear and is a great musician. Um, uh, but he didn't he didn't come from, you know, our world of, of, of metal. And, um, and so recording the type of guitars we were recording and even the type of drum sounds that we wanted was a little bit new to him. But once, once, you know, we, you know, we showed him or basically pushed him to get, you know, the type of sounds that we needed or, or wanted for, for those type of, of records and albums. I mean, he, he was able to, uh, to make it happen. And, um, that that's kind of where those opportunities came in. It was just location and proximity to, uh, to working with Barry and, um, you know, just having an ear for, 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 you know, the, uh, the, the bands, you know, being, you know, totally just having good material, you know? Um, so I did the SOKARIS thing and then, and I was asked to, to do Zeo and, um, I did a few others after that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Is it something you'd consider going, going back into and helping any, you know, young bands now, or is it something that you kind of, you had, had a go at it and you kind of 
not really want to do it because that Zayo is great. That Showdown album is, oh, I love that album. Um, <laughs> awesome. Is, yeah. is, is it something you you want to do again or dabble in? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, if it, if the, if the situation was right and somebody came to me and they they really needed needed the help, um, you know, to to get something cool and unique, um, for sure. You know, I mean, kind of like I said, you know, I mean, I. I, I the recording is just so different today how people mm. people are able to able to do it and and so a lot of times people get a, you know they'll just get a great sounding demo out of their their computer in their room or whatever you know using plugins and things like that so it's 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 a little it's just so different now in that sense you know whereas like i like to build this track with starting with the drums you know um, as opposed to a guitar and a click track, yeah. Um, and then the, the drums just maybe come in later or whatever. But, but, uh, but yeah, if it were the right situation and somebody felt like they 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 valued my opinion enough to to do it. But you know, again, I'm not an engineer. I don't own a studio. Most people that that do these type of things have their own studio, and there's so many of them. You know, it's like, um, you know, that yeah. Type every, of thing. Everyone can have one in their in their spare room nowadays. It feels like because of that new way of mm-hmm. just having mm-hmm. a laptop it is a bit different mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. last couple of things before we start wrapping up was um you mentioned earlier in the piece um you know you now work for manhead merch can you let listeners know what is it what do you do um and what kind of things go on yeah sure so um i yeah i I, well, in two, in two thousand three, like right around the time that 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 the band was was uh, breaking up, that um, and calling it quits, then I'd uh, I'd started a merchandise company with a couple other guys called Zambui.com, and it was essentially e-commerce stores for bands, and and then you know we later added a print shop, so like we were printing some of the goods for the stores, um, and so uh, early on, I just kind of I was dabbling in in e-com and you know selling selling merch online uh we sold that company in 2010 and um uh i stayed on for another couple of years uh three years and and then ended up uh going working with uh leaving the company leaving the company that we'd sold it to and um uh, coming on board with manhead manhead was already an established company that had been around for you know right now it's been around 13 years now um uh, and uh, works with a lot of pop and rock type bands like Weezer, Panic at the Disco, uh, mm-hmm. Fall Out Boy, um, uh, you know, Train, Morrissey. And so um, I still just head up uh, the e-com and the online store aspect of, of, of what we do, uh, you know, basically, you know, from getting the store set up to, to marketing and, 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 you know, putting together sales plans and things like that. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Do you, do you enjoy it? Is it something you, you love to do? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, the, the company I work for is, is killer and, um, you know, uh, it's got a, a very, uh, uh, the owner is, is comes from the same, same age as me, comes from the same kind of background, more, more punk rock than, than me probably as far as he was in a punk band, he did tours and stuff like that. But, but it comes from, you know, just like a, a guy being out on the road, you know, playing shows and selling his own T-shirts the same as I did, you know. So 
we have real similar backgrounds and, and, and tastes and, and music and, and, and things like that. And so, um, uh, you know, the way he runs the business is, is very, uh, uh, very, very much in line with his ethos. It's, it's kind of like, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, but, but get, get the work done and mm. let's set goals and let's make things happen. And, uh, it's been great. You know, it's been, um, uh, been, uh, you know, uh, super, uh, I've learned, I've learned a ton in, in, in the sense of, uh, how, you know, tours, uh, big tours run. Um, in my previous company, we, we did not run large tours. We were just really focused on e-com and fan club stores and things like that. Whereas, uh, Manhead is very much more focused on running tours and, uh, you know, doing the creative all the way from like, uh, developing the tour line, you know, to making, you know, to, to getting it out on the road. Some of these tours are massive in the sense that, you know, uh, there's a whole semi truck full of merchandise for the tour, you know? Um, so just the logistics of that and seeing how that, that, that whole thing runs is, is, is amazing, you know? So, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I enjoy it cause I, I, and I still get to work with some, some people that I've known for years. I mean, just the other day, um, I, you know, I was, uh, talking to, uh, Roy, Roy Culver, who was our A&R guy at solid state. Well, he's now, um, uh, works with distribution at nuclear blast mm. and he and I worked together on a dan- this, the band called the damn things, uh, pre-order, oh, which yeah. has like members of, yeah. So it has members of every time I die, fallout boy, alkaline trio. It's got Scott Ian and, too, uh, right? and Scott Ian from anthrax. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Nuclear Blast put the record out. We ran the pre-order through uh, an online store. And, uh, yeah, so I got to hang out and talk to Roy and, you know, uh, still get to see people, see and talk to people that I've, I've known for, for 20 years, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun. That's, that's, a, that's, that's kind of full circle in a way. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. Um, now, last question I've got before we wrap things up with the last segment is you were in a band that kind of was one of a few that was faith-based. Then there was a big peak in faith-based bands. Um, now it seems like there's none really around. Is it, is it something that you think ebbs and flows or do you think it's something that maybe there's not enough metal out there for the kids to get influenced by that are faith-based? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because there was a lot of bands in the 2000s. I just remember. Yeah, was, yeah. They were everywhere. You're right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You're right. Um, there was definitely a... a, a um, Influx. Um, and yeah, there was, there, was, there was a lot of bands. I think that, that was indicative of uh, the, the, the type of labels that were out there doing stuff, like Face Down Records and Solid State and uh, probably a, a few other labels. But also there was there was... There were labels out there like uh, um, Century Media and, and Metal Blade signing signing faith based bands because the 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 the, the kind of the, the the wall between faith you know a, a Christian band and um, uh, a non Christian band had kind of come down in the sense that uh, you know it didn't matter as much uh, because some some of these bands like Under Oath and Norma Jean. Uh, we're, we're selling lots and lots of records and, mm. uh, as, as, as I lay dying, you know, they were successful. So, you know, the success kind of, kind of trumped, 
whatever um, whatever problem you know uh, a tour manager or a uh, sorry not a tour manager but a, a booking agent or a, a legitimate manager had they were just they were they were invested in the business side of things and they were smart about it and and um, and so maybe you know maybe there was just uh, uh, some uh, a lot of a lot of influence because of the bands from the late nineties uh you know making you know such as ourselves or pod or or whoever you know kind of making a a splash or an impact um you know why why there's not as much anymore i i don't really know um i think that uh you know i think the political landscape is 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 way different now uh you know in the united states and it's uh it's it's far more polarizing um in the sense uh i you know i think that uh, a lot of a lot of people um, are not interested in in you know uh, maybe politicizing their art or their music based on their faith, um, but also they maybe they see uh, just a smarter way to uh, to do it. Um, I, I think um, <clears throat> I think I think by uh, you know. Uh, by being uh, super, I guess, uh, uh, vocal about your faith just automatically puts you into this category of like, well, you're making music for other other Christians, um, uh, uh, you know, potentially, or or you're just, or you know, you're you're, uh, uh, you know, not, or you're just not interested in in, in expanding your, your your fan base, maybe, um, uh, but. Uh, uh, I, that's all I can, I can really think, think, think to it. I know, I know for us, uh, you know, um, uh, it's, uh, I mean, each of us, each of us individually, you know, uh, have, have our own, uh, you know, our own core beliefs and, and everything, but, you know, I mean, I mean, lyrically and musically, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot, uh, uh, a lot of our music is informed by who we are now as adults. And that's just very different than who we are as 20, who we were as, as 20 year olds. Hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, and I can, you know, I can't speak for everybody else, but you know, there's a lot of the, a lot of the bands that started out and they've just not, you know, they're not, they're not really a part of that scene anymore and they don't want to be a part of that scene. I don't blame them. Um, some of it's because of the business and political aspects of it. Uh, but other uh, uh, other reasons are that they just don't hold the same be- they don't hold the same beliefs, you know. Um, so yeah. you know they don't they don't want to uh, you know uh, you know they don't want to uh, lead any, lead lead anybody on, you know, in, in that sense, which is uh, is a good thing, you know. And, and people change, you know. I mean, just people don't they they don't you know they don't uh, uh, you know. Uh, they don't stay the same over uh, over the course of 20 years and some of it's you know it's not nece- some of it's not necessarily a bad thing some of it's like a maturity uh, i would think a, a maturity process uh, but but some of it's just like you know experience just you know uh, uh, also you know shows them uh, that i know for myself you know i know for me personally the older i get the more i feel like well I, I, I can't, you know, uh, I can't expect everyone to, 
to uh, you know believe what I have, mm. believe what what I've experienced in my life, or or you know uh, take take that on, and, and and you know that it's not really up to me to to determine that. Everybody's experience is different. Everybody's you know is informed by their own uh, situation. You know what I mean? And so. Uh, uh, I think I think that could be part of it, you know, as yeah. far as yeah. the difference between between now and then. Um, but it, you know, gosh, eight years—it wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we're maybe we're due for another, you know, uprising of more bands. Uh, you know, I think you're, I think you're <laughs> right. It just it everything. Everyone grows up. Everyone changes, and you know, I think probably perfectly nailed on the head that maybe the landscape is now. I think a lot of bands don't. It, whether it's political or faith, they don't want to pigeonhole themselves or stamp themselves as that. Not because they don't want people to know, but because they don't want it to impact things. Because I think a lot of people are wary of those things nowadays. You know. Um, well, well, I mean, like one of the things that 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 I mentioned, like when I say things are polarizing, is like once you once you declare something in a certain way, it's easy for it's easy for somebody else to say, oh, well, you're that person yeah it's like there's no gray area to be anybody else but that other person Mm -hmm. and when you when you've declared yourself to be the other or not a part of like this tribe or that tribe it's very limiting i mean and Mm. and and people are complex that you know they don't they don't all you know hold the same beliefs spiritually politically whatever um no matter what church or denomination they belong to Mm -hmm. um they just don't. And, you know, for, 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 you know, on the, on the, on the, you know, on the, the side of like, uh, believers and, and faith people, you know, people of faith, you know, it's like to, 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 you know, to take the stance that, well, you know, I've got the right way and only, only my brand of Christianity is, is, is valid is, is kind of ridiculous. Dangerous and so, too, you know, yeah. I mean, what's that? And dangerous too. It's just, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I mean, for me, I've just more and more, I've just shied away from that. And, mm. and anybody, you know, any, any, anybody that, that comes out with any kind of declaration of like, this is how it is, or this is how it should be. That's great for them. If that's what they, they, they want to, uh, to adhere by and to live by for themselves. But, you know, I mean, you know, it kind of goes back to, even when we started out, it was like, oh, well, you shouldn't be playing that music at all. Mm. It's like, well, that's what that person thinks, you know, if I would, if I had believed that or gone by their rules or their ideas, then I would have just quit and gone to law school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well yeah. said, Bruce. Well said. Um, our last thing we do is a little fun segment and it's called Pick Your Poison. Now, what I do here is I give you two options, and some are easy, some might be hard, but it's things of food, things of movies, things of music, and you tell me what your favorite of the two is. So it's kind of like a quick fire section. Cool. Would you rather a pizza or a burger? That's a hard one, but burger. Uh, Chicken or beef? Beef. Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Chinese, but I do like Indian. I just don't eat it a lot, you know. There's 
there's way less Indian uh, food than Chinese food. Chinese food is just so common, available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's 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 good options. There's more more availability for good options. Whereas Indian food, you got to know the right place. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is. It is. There's literally only like two of them, and you just got to hope one of them's the good one. Um, <laughs> Would, right. Would you prefer to cook at home or go to a restaurant? Restaurant. Uh, would you prefer to see a movie at the cinema or on your couch? On my couch. Uh, do you prefer the beach or snow? Uh, well, for me, it'd be the beach or mountains. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because... Uh, I don't really care. I don't really care much about snow, but I love the mountains and I love to ski. Uh, uh, but as I've gotten older, it's harder. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I still pre- I think I, I still I think I prefer the mountains and snow. Okay. Um, cat or over dog? the beach? But I really I I, I really like the beach. Um, Honestly, I don't have a preference for, for either. Um, okay, we'll say that's dog. I've got, I've, we'll say dog. I, I've got, <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have two cats. I don't have a dog. Uh, cats are easy. Um, yeah, they are pretty chill. Mm. I like them, uh, but you get the right dog, and the, you know the dog's just the best. So, uh, Batman or Superman? Man, I don't care about superheroes. <laughs> okay, we'll say, we'll say draw. We'll say draw. Yeah, I just, it's never been a thing for me. Um, hey, hey, I don't know why. Hey. I'm not a comic book guy. Like, all the Marvel, uh, DC stuff, I'm like, I'll go see the movies. It's fun. Movies are fun. It's cool. But, like, I have no <laughs> vested interest in, like, who, yeah, either one. So, yeah. Um, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, Stallone. Nice. Um Yeah. Metallica or Megadeth? Ah, jeez, man. Uh, you know, uh, Metallica was the first for me, and they impact, they've impacted me more than Megadeth. But, man, I mean, Megadeth is not... They're not far behind. And Megadeth has consistently put out great material even when Metallica was not putting out great material. Yeah, um, they've had very kind of polarizing, in a way, you know, they've had the same ebb and flows as each other. Right. A little bit, yeah. Mm. I mean, Megadeth definitely had a couple, you know, some, 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 like I, 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 I kind of lost touch after uh, um, Countdown to Extinction. Is mm-hmm. that, that the yeah. album? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of lost touch and I felt like it was, a little getting a bit hokey uh some of dave dave's lyrics and stuff <laughs> um my my favorite megadeth is is, is peace cells i mean that's the album oh, that yeah. i heard first and the album that blew me away and that's my 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 favorite evil sounding dave mustaine megadeth um but then rust in peace is just a oh, an a amazing amazing record and i would say the last several records uh that they've put out i've i've thoroughly enjoyed lots of 
material off of all of them, you know, starting with, uh, uh, um, was it abomination kind of basically when they came back and they were just like, okay, we're a metal band again. And that's what we are. But even this last, this last album, uh, the last two albums that people were like, you know, kind of poop crapping on. I just, I don't get it. I think, I think there's just great material. I mean, the whole full out, the whole albums aren't, aren't amazing or anything, you know, but, but I, you know, I could, can't, you know, I could say the last four Megadeth albums have been badass. Yeah, they've been I can't solid. say that. Yeah. I can't say that about the last four Metallica albums, you know, um, no. although there's a lot, I really, I mean, I, I liked hardware. I think hardware is a great a killer record. And I like, I like, uh, death magnetic too. I like a lot of, a lot of death magnetic. It's then, just such a different, I mean, it's, it's just a different, you know, a different vibe with, with, with those guys now. And yeah, uh, well, I don't think they'll ever live down Lulu. So. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't listen to one song. No, that, that, that but, was you weird. know, uh, but, uh, but man, I, I will go see Metallica anytime, any day. Um, I, I just I had tickets. I saw them like a few months ago. Um, they were, uh, yeah. I mean, they were solid. You know, I mean, they're not, you know, they're not twenty uh, mm-hmm. years old again or anything like that. But you know, I, it's a good time, and I love hearing those songs live. Um, just like, just like, I, just like I'll go see Van Halen anytime, uh, even though David Lee Roth cannot sing anymore. Well, that, that. But I'll go. I'll, I'll go. I'll go see that band play. Are you a Are you a Hager or or Roth fan? Oh, Roth, Which one? all the way. Really? But, oh, okay. Roth, nice. Roth nice. all the way, but um, um, Dave can't sing. <laughs> Sammy Hagar can still sing, and mm. he sounds great. Like I, I, I appreciate Sammy Hagar's solo stuff. I appreciate you know some of the Van Halen stuff. Um. He's got a killer voice. Uh, yeah. It's just the band had such a different sound with him. It was just not my, that was not my preferred era of the band. Um, those first six albums with, with Roth are just hands down, just, I mean, just mind blowing the type of music and the type of things they were doing, uh, even just musically, you know, and, uh, I was always drawn to the darker, the darker, heavier stuff. Uh, uh, weirdly enough, um, you know, like Fair Warning. Oh yeah, and yes. and 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 even the, like the like side two of of uh, of 1984 is is just some amazing, amazing uh, material as far as like the songs and the girl gone bad and drop dead legs and just like the tones and everything so yeah it still lives up to the same thing today you, you hear it today and you still I'm, I'm still blown away by some of those albums they're just it, just incredible um and it, it's a sign of it if you can put it on today and it still has that same punch and energy it beats a lot of what is getting made today unfortunately um Last one is: Would you prefer to own an album on your on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? It's a tough um, one. Vi- vinyl, because I'm 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 not not because I think it sounds better. I don't I don't necessarily know that it sounds better, um, and I don't have probably don't have the best 
system. I've got like a 70, 1972 Pioneer um, uh, that actually needs work um, It's um, right now with some transistors. But I like, uh, I just still like having the thing and putting the thing on. Um, I now, all that said, I listen to a lot of Spotify. Probably a majority of, of my music is, you know, Spotify. through Spotify. Hmm. CDs hardly at all. Um, although, I mean, arguably the CD is, it, you know, you know, is arguably the better, better, the best quality of, of any of them, you know, as far as like all that goes. Um, a funny thing is like, or not funny, but like, so, so when you get an album, right, you, you're hearing it for the first time or say you're just streaming it mm. on Spotify or you download an MP3 for the first time. So that's your only you know, when you, when, when you get that version of the album or the, 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 the song, that is your only uh, exposure to it. You have nothing necessarily to compare it to. Unless it's like, say, an older album where you own the CD or you own the vinyl. Hmm. And, um, and you, you, you decide to, like, you know, put, set it up on, on a system and do a, an, a, an A-B test or a, a, a test of, 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 of quality or how it just comes through um speakers or what have you well when um when we were this last time we were doing we were doing ghost thief especially ghost thief for summer well the reason being is that the way we recorded this album is that we wanted it to have dynamics Mm -hmm. and we didn't want it to be just like the same like um andy sneep mixed um the infinite order and it sounds amazing you know he did uh he mixed our album right after he finished the, that Megadeth album. Uh, uh, not in game, but the one before it, uh, oh, I can't remember. 13, maybe. Yeah. I think 13. It was, yeah. Anyways, uh, he had just finished like 13, I believe. And then we had delivered infinite order for him to mix. He mixed it. Sounded amazing. Uh, but it all sounded so good that there was, there wasn't a lot of highs and lows and there wasn't a lot of punch and a little bit of that could have been due to the, the, the songs themselves. So I'm definitely not, not putting that on him for this album for go or this album for the, for ghost thief. We, we definitely wanted to have highs and lows and punch and we wanted it to be even mastered in such a way to where things would get quiet. And then like, if a hit came in, it would just like really impact it. So, so by the fourth pass, on the mastering is, is right. Kind of right where we got ghost thief and, and, and it had to be mastered, basically mastered four different times to where I, we were all super happy with it stoked. And we felt like, okay, this is the album sounds amazing. We recorded it, uh, with very little, uh, very little editing of the drums. It was obvious. I mean, it was recorded on pro tools, but, but you know, we didn't put all the drums on a grid or anything like that. It was just, you know, we recorded the drums and that's what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so we wanted the album to have a, that feel of like, this is an album, this is a band, this is a, you know, this could be a live band, but it's recorded, you know, better than the live album, obviously. So by the time I did, went through all that, just like so much time, so much effort, get the master, it sounds amazing, album comes out. I download the MP3s from uh, iTunes and not even close to the same. Uh. Just <laughs> kind of like 
basically like, okay, that's the difference. That's <laughs> the stuff I'm missing. That's and 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 it was only like in in, in going through this process, of being with these songs, living with these songs, with Jeremiah, the the producer engineer, and then a mastering guy and their mixing guy mixing them. I was there for the mixes, you know, and sending the mixes off to the other dudes to approve and stuff like that. And spending all this time and effort and just, you know, kind of like getting into the details of everything and being like, Oh, you know, this one part, you know, could be like, you know, a little punchier or whatever. Half of it just did not matter whatsoever because by the time it got reduced down to the MP3 format, those dynamics were lost. That'd be frustrating, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, but then I was like, you know, still sounds great. And if this is the, the person's only version or, uh, you know, understanding of this album, then then it is what it is. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, and it's almost like, dude, I mean, honestly, it's almost like the unmastered version, which has crazy dynamics. I almost prefer that, you know, because the mastering is just supposed to bring out more of the the loudness and the the sounds, but you, you also, you have to give up something, you know, or like you might, you you know, there's probably certain frequencies you, you, you have to get rid of, or you should get rid of because you don't want to mess up somebody's speakers or whatever. But man, you know, and you know, that's also indicative of me hearing these coming out of like a set of thousand dollar speakers with a massive amplifier and I can hear every little thing. And then, you know, the final product is an MP3 coming through, you know. Yeah, and it's been compressed and shrunk down to a certain size. Yeah, it's a big And that's really what it is. It's I mean, a lot of it's the compression part of it, you know. It's like I think you know. people forget that that to get that MP3, that song has to be compressed. It has to go through a bit of a process to get down to that size and you know yep. that ability. Yep. Um, yep. Bruce, we're going a bit over time, but I got to say thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciated that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I had a lot of thanks fun. Thanks for reaching out. Absolute legend. Um, I'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, man. See thanks, you. brother. Oh!
So that was my chat with Bruce from Living Sacrifice. And at the end there, you heard the band's tracks, Rules of Engagement and The Training. Both of those come off the band's album, The Infinite Order. At this part of the show, I always say don't forget to support the bands that have been on the show. So if you enjoyed the chat with Bruce or you enjoyed the music at the end there, get online, get on eBay, get down to your store, support Living Sacrifice, get into some really amazing thrashy groovy metal core that those guys do thank you again bruce much love much respect much appreciated and looking forward to any future music and tunes you guys deliver so that's it that's the mosh zone episode 70 done dusted all wrapped up 
locked away for this fucking week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.